Hey, everybody. Welcome to Refuse the Excuse podcast. I'm your host, Steph Strugnell, and this is where I give you the loving but honest get-your-shit-together advice I wish someone had given me in the different stages of life. My intention uh, is that you can laugh and relate and gain a new perspective and leave feeling a little more confident to take some inspired action into your life to owning your time, owning what's yours, and making some positive progress in your world. Hey everybody, Steph here. Welcome back to today's episode. My intention for today is that you hear something that can speak to your heart and allow you to see a little more value and confidence in what you bring to the table. Today's topic is the lies I hear us women believing. I want to bring this conversation to the table because I'm experiencing it in real time with conversations around women in group settings and working one-on-one with women. I hear repetitive lies that so many of us fall victim to and I think it's a great topic to use for podcast episodes that I can break down some of why I think these lies are there, how it affects us, and then how to get outside of that way of thinking so that we can love on ourselves more, speak to each other, speak to ourselves, sorry, more kindly, and therefore reach for goals and dreams and create a life of more fulfillment and joy. It all centers back to our relationship with self, our happiness, our fulfillment, our success in life. It's always going to come back to how we nurture the, the relationship we have within us. And I think some of these lies really stop people from doing that. So I wanted it to be a conversation. So we will dive into that today. My intention for this episode is that you hear something that I share and feel not alone in that same struggle and then very hopeful for how you can let go of that belief so that you can feel a little bit more bright and confident and more be more assertive in who you are. Before I dive into the topic, let's think of a life update. What is there to share with you guys and to chat about today? Um, potty training Sega. That is still underway. We're doing better. Week by week, there's less accidents. We had a little bit of regression with the very unfortunate messier of the two <laughs> that go into potty training. I'm sure you can imagine which one. So that has not been enjoyable, but we're really, my husband and I are working on being very patient, um, putting certain things into play so that he does well with it. He's been pretty good with accidents and like going to the potty has been going well. He's just a very particular kid. Jack is, I wonder if this is the case with people with more than one kid or any kids, if you really see yourself in them or the parts of you that are like the parts of them that are the most trying, are there like aspects that they get from you? Because my child is very particular (laughs) and I'm sure if my husband listens to this, he'll laugh because he'll say that I am very particular, which I am. However, I feel like I'm pretty go with the flow for most things. Like it does not have to be my way, my vision, my plan. I'm really open and like, I like to kind of experience what other people want or like, and like, I'm not super like it has to be this certain way. Like I'm slightly type A, but not like a full on type A. And maybe I've said this in the podcast before, or if you know me, you're like, meh, I disagree. (laughs) I, however, feel like I'm not super type A, but I am particular. So like as a kid growing up, I wanted to wear what I wanted to wear and pick out my outfits. It's just in my blood. That's why I'm a stylist today. Fashion is something I enjoy. It's easy. It's always been my like way of expressing and 
and just being in creative flow. So I was particular about what I wore and it drove my mom crazy because I would always change my clothes. And to this day, I change my clothes multiple times a day because I just like to go with what feels right. And unfortunately, my son is the exact same way. But like, guys, I'm talking down to his socks, to his underwear, to his pajamas, to his outerwear, to his hat. Like he's just so sure on what he wants to have and it has to be that and it is just to my detriment we are trying to get out of the house on time and it has to be the switch or he wants to wear different shorts four times before we leave and let me tell you there are times when I want to like celebrate his being decisive knowing what he likes and you know just having that little like eye although he's not fashion like stylish let me tell you his outfits are crazy I said in an Instagram story that he is not a walking billboard for my services because anyone that would look at him be like, whoever dressed him, I do not want to hire you because he is a hot mess, like camo, bright orange, Hulk socks, printed Paw Patrol, something or other, like just hot dumpster fire. But he knows what he likes. And I like that he's so confident in those choices and he is a particular kid. So I think that's what's made our potty training time not as like cut and dry either because he is just he's a headstrong kid he's very determined in his way and so I'm trying to learn to appreciate that have boundary around that and like all the things all the parenting things I was walking with a friend of mine and, and just said to her how each stage feels like there's this new level of hard and like depletion and you having to learn so much about yourself and just like the humility And then you like feel like you've got it under control and you're in a good thing. And then it just like changes on you. And I think that's just like how parenting goes. It is one of the hardest jobs ever. Also one of the most rewarding. But I think we all share that common struggle of trying to get through these certain stages and not wish time away, but also learn tools of how to handle certain things. Because let me tell you, I am really glad I am only potty training twice. I do not want to deal with any more... S-H-I-T messes. (laughs) It's just not a great way to start or end your day, folks. Shocking, right? Um, So that is our current life. We've got a really busy June with different um, social things. So birthday parties, barbecues, recitals, concerts, all really fun things that we're happy to say yes to. But we're trying to do a good job at balancing all the on with some of the off because those of you who either you get overstimulated or have a lot on your plate and just need some time or those of you with kiddos will know that you just have to balance kind of how much you extend yourself and then like just letting there be slow days of like enjoying summer and taking your time and and having nothing on the calendar so we're trying to do the best at saying yes and no when we can but we've got some really exciting things coming up I have a dinner tonight at Elizabeth I have not eaten at this restaurant in our local town here. I've heard great things. Um, I'm going with two girlfriends who are just such joy and we have such good conversations, which I think is something I also want to talk about today on the episode is just about this, what kind of like one-on-one time you have with your girlfriends and what can happen in those settings to either fill up your cup or make you feel a little depleted. And tonight I'm going to have such a full cup because I absolutely love these two friends getting together to just connect on things like motherhood and being a a working mom or things like self-care. And and I'm trying to redefine that word. So I like to start using this like the inner maintenance care that I have to prioritize. Like instead of saying self-care because I just feel like it's so redundant. 
You know, when there's words where you're like, I don't want to hear anyone talk about it again because I know it matters. I know I'm supposed to focus on it, but like the word is just giving me the triggers. So I am going to try and change it to the inner maintenance because I liked that. Something about like it maintaining our inner self, those inner needs and priorities. I just, it feels like it's got a better ring to it. So I want to talk about that today too, because that has really changed as the seasons of my life have changed. And one of my inner maintenance is to have on the calendar once a week, something social, It's whether it's 20 minutes, half an hour or dinner or a call, like something social where I just fill up my cup by connecting with the women that I love in my life. It's just so important to stay on top of it for me because I think the as soon as you get kind of isolated and stop doing that, it gets into a pattern of it being really long time. And then you tend to need some more things from your partner or you tend to feel off or just like depleted in a certain way. And it's just because you just haven't had that connection outside of your Um, titles and hats that you wear. So I've been really diligent on making sure I'm getting that social piece into my calendar. And I encourage you to do that too. Once a week, have something, whether it's a FaceTime call, a dinner, um, some type of catch up with a person in your life that you love that's um, someone you enjoy spending time with. It can really bring some new energy to your life. And speaking of energy and excitement, I am going to see Rachel Halls with my friend Amanda on July 8th. She's coming to Toronto. Um, doors open at seven, it's at eight o'clock, and it's basically her podcast kind of tour. I'm so excited. I've seen Rachel Hulse in person before. I love her content. I love her message. She is somebody that I look up to in a lot of ways, and I just really enjoy kind of what she brings to the table. So I'm really excited to go to that. Anybody else that is a Rachel Hulse fan, July 8th, you can get tickets. I think ours were $50, depending how close you want to be to the stage, but so affordable just a really great elevated girls night. We're going to head down to Toronto, have some dinner somewhere, then go to the show. Because I don't know if you're like me, if you're listening to this podcast, maybe you're a little interested in personal development, kind of growing and and striving for success. That's we get to determine what that is in our life and having fulfillment. And something like that is like my ideal girls night. Dinner, delicious wine, hearing some motivation and inspiration from someone that's really reaching for like their best, biggest expression of their life. I just think that is the ultimate way to take care of your inner maintenance. So I can't wait for that. And if you guys are going to shout out to me on on Instagram or email, I'd love to hear if you're going because it'd be cool to meet up a little bit or sit in the same row. All right, I think that wraps up my life update. So there's anything else that I can think of to throw in, I'll I'll add that. But we can jump right into the topic of today. So the lies that I hear us women believing. And I want to bring this up so that I can shed some light on these because I've believed every single one of them. I've been victim to some of these lies as well. And there's things that I continuously work through for sure to make sure that I am fostering a good sense of relationship with self and calling out the enemy and calling out those lies that are kind of keeping us stuck and feeling small. So The first one that I'm going to talk about is the I can't something because they haven't yet or it wouldn't be in character. So the example I'm going to use is is with clothing because I've been seeing this as I'm doing more closets and working with more clients one-on-one, predominantly women, well, (laughs) only women until I can find a safe way to bring in the male species because I have to like go to their house by myself. It's a whole thing. There's logistic things I have to factor in. So I'm getting there and I'd love to open my service up. But for right now, just the women I'm working with. So what I'm hearing a lot is like, oh, I, I can't wear that. Or I can't put that bag on. Or I can't have those heels on. Or I can't wear that color or print. Like 
I couldn't pull that off. Like, oh, I've never worn something like that. And what I'd like to do in my session is really walk someone through the I can't. Is it that you don't actually enjoy it? You don't like it? It's not feeling authentic to you? Because that's one thing to honor for sure. You don't like something and you're like, oh, I can't wear that color because you're just, it's not your color. That's great. That's something that you should know and that as a stylist, I need to know as well. But if it's saying that you can't express yourself in a certain way because you don't feel worthy of it, that's a whole different story that's playing in your mind. And that's really kind of attacking your confidence. Just because you've done something a certain way, whether it's the way you've dressed or the way you've always done your hair or the way that you've never worn lipstick, just because people know you and how you look as a certain way and expect that does not mean it's something you have to stay in. If it does not feel like the authentic you right now, currently in your life, then question it. It's your life and it's about you expressing yourself and knowing yourself and having room to evolve and grow. When I hear someone say like, I can't pull that off. Oh, that looks great on you or I love that outfit if I'm laying something out, but they're like, oh, I can't pull that off. That's an immediate red flag to me that they're not allowing themselves to see themselves in a very bright or confident light. There is no rule that you have to stay in the box that you've created just because you created that box and people expect you to. It's okay to push yourself and maybe you'll have a few comments or maybe there'll be something, someone that questions this change, but that's just an invitation to own it. And that doesn't mean that you shouldn't do it just because you're afraid that people will see you differently. It's a good thing to be different. It's a great thing to be evolving yourself and changing things as you grow as a human because hopefully you are changing. Hopefully you're finding more depth to yourself and more likes and dislikes and more authenticity as you go through different stages of life. The only thing that I can't does is box you in and make you feel depleted. It makes for repetitive, boring life. Take the I can't out of your vocabulary, especially when it's something like self-expression. The lipstick you wear, the hair color you have, the outfit, the gym you join, the club you join, the book you start to write, fill in the blank. Saying you can't because it's just outside of what you've already done and the preconceived character that you've allowed people to see does not mean that it shouldn't change. I really want to encourage you today to take that out of your mind and out of a word that can apply to what you're allowed to do. That can be a huge game changer in itself. If you just stop saying, I can't pull that off or I I could never and I can't because when you actually desire to and want to try, then you can make some big waves in your growth and your success. And honestly, I'm just sick of hearing women say that. We have this life right now. It is precious. It is fleeting. We all know and we have to fully grasp that we don't know when tomorrow if sorry we don't know that tomorrow is a guarantee and when or if we're going to be here so make it count stop letting an opinion people's preconceived notions stop letting the awkwardness or the judgment stop you from just trying and experimenting and letting yourself express who you are because that expression is what leads to some big fire and happiness and a, a huge life that you enjoy attending and honestly nobody is going to, at the end of the day, spend more time thinking about you than they do themselves. So don't fear it so much. Try that thing out and let go of the I can't because. We're coming in, we're starting really hot and fiery, (laughs) as you can tell. 
Um, Number two, second lie, is that I don't want to be too dressy, too cleavagey, too bold, too driven, too talkative, too loud. This is a phrase I hear a lot. It's something I definitely used to struggle with too, is like, oh, I can't be too much, too sensitive. I can't be too this. Why not? Like, at the end of the day, if we just ask that simple question to ourselves, why can't you be, why can't you wear that top that's a little cleavagey, but that makes you feel sexy? It's your body. It's your clothing. Why not? What rule book do you have that I don't have a copy of that says that you can't do something? That you can't be too quiet. Well, I can't be too quiet because then I look this way, or I can't be too talkative or else I look like I'm center of attention. This whole, like, don't want to be too something usually comes from something that's said to us that we've held on as truth in a vulnerable time in our lives. Someone spoke into that place of us that made us kind of feel shamed or guilty for a part of who we are. And then we've believed that lie and we live into that belief system by limiting ourselves and making ourselves feel like we can't be too something. I remember an old boss of mine who I did not see eye to eye with. It wasn't a very um, positive or healthy relationship, professional relationship. And I remember trying to directly talk about an issue I was having with our communication style and saying how it was like really upsetting me and making me feel very anxious. Like to the point where like I had knots on my stomach going to work. I'd cry on the way to work. It was not, not a good time. This was also pre-Steph kind of unfolding herself. And so like (laughs) now if the situation happened, I'd be like, okay, this needs to end today. But back then when I lacked that self-confidence and awareness, it went on for far too long. And when I approached this person to say like, this is kind of hurting my feelings. I'm feeling really anxious around like how the communication's happening. I remember her saying to me like, oh, you're just too sensitive. And what that did is put all the responsibility on me and none of it on them. And so when someone speaks into that place of you, and I am a very sensitive person, I am highly sensitive, and it's actually a gift. It's why I work really well one-on-one with women in ways to transform their mindset or their clothing. That's actually been a beautiful gift I've had to learn about myself because I've been very shamed in the past about being too sensitive, as if it's a problem that I'm a sensitive person that... Um, feels things deeply like for someone to put a limit on how you can be is just bullcrap because that's not a rule and I think hearing that it took me a long time to like realize what was happening in that situation and then also to change that in my mind to say that it's not about me being too sensitive it's about me standing up for what I knew was right and what was wrong and what felt authentic to me and just because someone of authority told me to second guess that doesn't mean I should. And I share that with you because there's got to be someone out there. If Steph could talk, that would help the podcast. There has to be someone out there that has also had that situation happen with somebody in a state of um, authority or someone you trusted or loved that spoke into something that was a characteristic of yours and tried to kind of shame or guilt you for it. And I want you to hear this today so that you can question their motive, question the scenario, and also question how old were you? If it's something from when you were 10 or 11, you're going to need to step back and think, I'm an adult now. And if that does not serve me in my growth and in being a better version of myself, then it is something that needs to be dropped and it needs to be dropped now. 
who you are and the parts of who you are are on purpose. So if there's any little lie that has spoken to you or someone that's spoken to that place of you that makes you second guess it, please second guess that opinion and what happened there because that can really move the needle for you. And it was a big eye opener for me to realize that I am not too sensitive. That is not a bad thing. And if I'm being if I'm being very sensitive over a situation, then if I bring it up, then that person will be able to meet me with love and respect to explain their side of things. And then I can we can go forward from there. But for someone to just speak into this one place part of you and kind of shame it, no, can't buy into that and don't let that be a lie that you carry with you. Because how is that holding you back? Uh, number three, I don't have time. Oh, I don't have the money. Oh, I don't have the energy for blank. Now, this one might ruffle some feathers because I know there are people that have very busy lives. They have people, maybe they have a partner, maybe they don't. Maybe they have a really hard work schedule. There are factors that go into people's life that make certain scenarios harder than others. And I completely respect and understand that. But what I'm referring to is when people are saying they don't have the the time, the money or energy for something when really if we're honest, it's just not a priority or something they care about or enjoy. And we should really stop buying into the lie that we don't have enough of something to like do what matters to us most because we are all given the same 24 hours. And if we truly love and want something, then we can change how we go about it. We can change and make little steps to get there. But let's make sure that we're not lying about what matters most to us. If it is not a priority for you to get to the gym, then stop saying, oh, I don't have time to get to the gym. Just say, I don't want to go to the gym. It's not a priority for me to join a gym to be fit. Maybe for you, the priority is going for a walk with your kids every day for half an hour. Or maybe for you, the priority is doing an at-home yoga session. And that's what movement is for you. But not stop making things about what you don't have like the time, money, or energy for when it's just truly not your priority. It's okay to own the season that we're in and what matters most to us because sometimes there are areas of our life where we just cannot give in a certain way or we cannot, things happen where we're unable to get to certain priorities and they have to be on the back burner. Like that is just life. That is the honest truth. There's a part of my life that I could not be physically active three times a week at a gym it had to look very different because I just didn't, I didn't want to make the time to go there when I was trying to pick between showering and making dinner for my two like small kids. Like I get that there are going to be times in our life where we have to choose and you are prioritizing and you are doing one or the other. But then there are also times where we move out of that and we can reevaluate our time and our energy and our money and where it goes. So make sure that you are not buying into this idea of something that you don't have time or money or energy for when really it's just not your priority right now, but it could be something you revisit in the future. Our words and ideas around what we have in the lack are very important and they hold a lot of power. So be careful in that. Be careful in the way you're speaking about it or thinking about it because one creates lack and one creates abundance. And this is something that, again, I'm working on very consciously now. It's not that I don't have the money for that. It's that I'm not budgeting for that. It's not that I don't have the time. It's that I'm not willing to wake up the two hours earlier. It is not something I'm willing or wanting to do. Case closed. But when we kind of feed into these other lies and we are creating a mentality around what we have of being enough and abundant or lack, 
I hope that's like landing for everybody and like giving people a little like, hmm, to think about. Because when I heard that years ago, it really sunk in. It makes us take responsibility for a lot of things when we look at it that way. It's not about shaming ourselves. It's about taking responsibility to say, my words matter, my energy matters, what I think and my perspective around my life matters. It's why I make certain decisions and then have certain results. Okay, so number four, um, motherhood. And about losing yourself or being selfless, that motherhood equals being selfless. Motherhood equals being lost. Motherhood equals not having identity. Motherhood equals putting your kids first. Motherhood equals not caring and letting yourself go. I think that is such a lie. And I want to break this one down because it has layers too. When we have motherhood um, displayed for us, a lot of the time we'll copy that kind of motherhood and we take on those ideas because that's what we're used to and that's kind of just the role that you take on because you've been modeled it and that's what you copy that's sort of just human nature but one thing that can be really detrimental to your happiness or your relationship with self is not questioning if the parenting styles or being a mother the way that you view it is truly what's that what feels right in your heart and for your values and your own family unit we can get caught up in being like our own mom and we, sh- as much as there's probably beautiful things to take from what they did, be careful not to be doing everything out of their expectation because that can leave you feeling kind of discombobulated and very like disactivate, deactivated from your life because you're, you're trying to go through this journey as somebody else and that's never going to serve you. So what I hear a lot of women saying about like losing themselves or having no identity is that they're talking about a certain part of motherhood that happens, which is that fourth postpartum trimester. And I had two babies, I had them close, and I could feel myself slipping into those identities. But at some points, it was okay to let being a mom come absolutely first and then my like necessities obviously have to come first in some regard like basic maintenance of myself eating sleeping um showering you know but past that i was okay for a short period of time to to only allow my kids and their needs to come first and to let myself transition into that role and yes i felt like i lost myself a little bit in my identity and my social life for sure i don't think you go through motherhood without feeling a bit of that detachment from your old self and feeling like you are just surviving some days or you're letting yourself slip. That is part, from everyone I've talked to, that is just part of the journey of this new amazing chapter. It is the, a massive job that nobody gives you a rule book for, that nobody can do any better than you. You're the one person that that baby needs to be its mama. And it can be just a hard transition to figure out how much changes and and how do ebb and flow with that? So you have to be gentle with yourself and know that there are some seasons and they are short where you just do let yourself go and your identity go. You allow yourself to just be super present and in the thick of the hot mess, the beautiful hot mess, because it is. It's full of so much amazingness and it's also full of so much hardness and, and so much depletion and, and pulling at you and all of these new things. But it's a short period of time and it's important to reevaluate then as things change and move, as the kids get older, as there's more independence, as your husband's schedule changes or you get more help or you have your kids in daycare now, it's important to then reevaluate where you find yourself in this new stage. How can I be more of myself? How can I prioritize the inner maintenance? 
You like that? See, no self-care word. Using that inner maintenance, I'm just gonna slip it right in there. We're all gonna start using that word. How can you do that more? What does your time, energy, and money allow for at this stage with kids? Because it is gonna be vastly different from zero to three months as it is from three to six and onward. I've noticed that as a parent that things can change in terms of when their kids get more independent, when you're, the kids are in daycare versus if your husband's job schedule shifts, there is room in life to bring yourself back to who you are and to realign, but not all of us take that. So if you're kind of caught up in the depletion mode, if you're caught up in the not having the identity or doing all the things first and yourself last, just take a little break, take an afternoon, take an hour to ask yourself, can things shift now? Is this truly what this part of my postpartum is needing and as a mom is this truly what's being needed of me and that I would feel good and peaceful about giving or am I caught in habitual pattern that is not serving that's a big question to ask ourselves because I see a lot of women that have lost themselves or their identity and they're being selfless but they're not their life isn't actually acquiring requiring that of them they're just doing it because they've done it since newborn life And that's not something to feel bad about. It's just the reality. That's how a lot of women fall into those habits and patterns. And then it doesn't serve you because you are depleted. You're pouring from an empty cup. Nothing's overflowing into other cups. It's just making yours more depleted, whether that's health, body, fitness, self-care, skincare, hair, you name it. Anything that makes you feel you and vibrant, that can start to get so depleted that you don't even know how to get yourself back. To caring about those things. And some of the things that I did to get back into my identity was evaluate what slivers of the day and what times I had to pour into my own cup. And book and schedule the things. Put them on the calendar. Book that gym class or that hour to read or that babysitter or that social event. If you do not schedule it and put it on the calendar so that you can make it more definitive, it won't happen. And for me, I had to slowly get back into putting makeup and hair doing my makeup and hair and getting ready in the morning instead of waiting till 10 o'clock when then I just ended up not doing it. Those things make me feel very refreshed and myself. They're for nobody else but me. So I had to get in a better pattern of getting that done first thing and letting my husband do breakfast alone for 25 minutes. Like there's things that you can do and then ask for the help so that you can bring those slivers of time back into your day, into your week, into your month so that you're filling yourself back up and so that you're not losing your identity for years because I can see how quickly that happens and I can see how easy it is for us to fall into that trap and that just doesn't have to be the case. You can you can find yourself, you can be in a really healthy place with yourself and also be an amazing mother. Now there'll be some give and take, it's not always gonna be a 50-50 relationship and divide for sure, I think it's important that we pause and ask ourselves, what are we in habitual pattern with that is just what life is requiring truly? And what is habitual pattern that I'm allowing to stay in instead of investigating what can fill my cup back up and bring me back to myself? Motherhood is a wild ride. It has taught me so much. And I have such compassion for the women I see that are struggling with finding who they are outside of those titles for pouring back into their cup because... It's like they're longing to do it and they just don't know how. And it's only because they've just been in the same pattern for so long that they haven't paused to ask themselves, where is the room to shift? How can I make my day easier, less stressful, where I don't lay my peace down as often? 
where is the help that I could say yes to? Or where's the budget room for me to put them in daycare? Like there's questions to ask. There are steps that you can take if you're willing to, if you want to realign more the most. That's what you're really desiring in your heart to feel like yourself, to know who you are again. Then you can do it. You just have to take the time to ask the question, to slow down the pattern and see where there's room to change things. That's the beauty of you living a life that's intentional and your own is that you don't have to fall into the same patterns that your mother did that didn't serve her. You can do things differently. You don't have to parent like your best friend who just seems to be able to juggle four kids and smile lots and has a great sex life and has and feels fit and makes room for A, B, and C. That, that doesn't have to be you. There's no need to compare to what other people are doing. You should know what matters most to you. What's your priority? What's your inner self wanting to express? Where do you have the room, the time, and the money and energy to make some shifts so that your life looks fulfilled to your standard, to your own idea of what motherhood is? We can really often buy into the lie of what we think it needs to look like via social media, via family, friends, and that always leaves you, I think, feeling lack, feeling not enough because you're measuring up to something that wasn't designed for you. So I know those are some pretty big topics and ideas, but I hear them all the time. I've struggled with them. I've seen friends struggle with them. I see clients struggling with that. And the more that we can provide insight and relatability and tools to that, the more women can shift things and question things and make some change and then shine a little brighter. And then the more people that shine bright and show up in their life, the more that creates a culture a collective shift. And the world needs more of that. The world needs more people that are confident in who they are and what they have to offer and what's authentic to them. Instead of trying to keep up with the Joneses, instead of trying to create this Pinterest life and this this like likable Instagram reel, the more that we can be truly in our lives, reflecting, changing, giving up things when needed, adding things when we can, I think the happier we are as individuals. And so that was just my thought on a Wednesday to give you guys. I, I really hope something in there has landed for you or made you just question a habit that you're in and wondered, huh, why am I doing that? Why am I prescribing? Is it prescribing? Subscribing? I think it's subscribing. Prescribe is from a doctor. Why am I subscribing to this idea or this lie that's really keeping me captive? It's holding me back from having more time to myself, feeling more fulfilled, having you know, the style I want or expressing myself in that certain way. Maybe if there's something in this conversation that was meant to come into your world and plant a seed that maybe you can action on this week. Maybe today's episode is just an invitation for you to start to hear, see, and feel some of the patterns that just aren't serving you. I hope in some way there's something that I shared that I've learned from people also sharing their wisdom that can really help you bring in some positive change and some shifts that your life can really be blessed by. All right, guys, I don't want to take up any more of your time. I'm so happy you were here with me. If you made it to the end, thanks for being here. And as always, if you've heard something that you liked, that inspired you, that made you think, or that you and your girlfriends just talked about, share the episode with her and have a conversation, an elevated conversation about some of these topics today and at your next girls night. Nothing better than your friends, some time to yourself and some elevated conversation to just fill up your cup for the week and help you to connect back to yourself. I'm sending all the love and light 
be back again for another episode of The Real and Raw with some hopefully good advice that you can take into your day and your week to bless your world. Thanks again for listening. I'll chat with you guys soon. Bye.